Today, Mark and I are just going to talk a little bit uh, just about some different things that uh, are going on uh, here at New Spring. And one of the things that I, I talk to Mark about is a lot of times he'll come to my office or I'll come to his office and we'll just start talking about different stuff. It's just all over the map. You know, you talk about being ADD. I've never been <laughs> officially diagnosed, but I think I may be there. <laughs> I think probably so. <laughs> and uh, so we're just all over the map. And I told him, I think it'd be awesome if we could just like turn on the camera sometime and let people just hear the stuff that you, that you have to say, because it's always uh, just really, really awesome. Well, I think one of the great joys that I have is working with you because, you know, we're, we're not just coworkers. You and our best friends. And uh, it's just, it's, it's just a lot of times fun for me to walk you through the sermon and let you know where I'm headed with the message. And then there are times after a sermon where we're saying, wow, it's too bad they couldn't have heard the conversation that we had because it was actually better than the sermon. <laughs> well, uh, some, sometimes it's stuff that gets cut out. Yeah, a lot of stuff gets cut, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things I was going to ask you about is, um, you know, we're, this is the last weekend of the year. Mm-hmm. And um, this has been kind of a crazy year for New Spring, and just what are some of the things that stick out to you of stuff that God's done this year that, uh, you know, even in just your own personal life or your family life or here at church that uh, that God's done? Well, I mean, that's a big question because, I mean, I'll just take uh, my family life for one thing. This has been a phenomenal year. We had a granddaughter born summer, and then uh, my middle son, Jared, got married to a wonderful, wonderful girl. So on a family basis, for Mary Alice and me, this has just been a delightful year. We've seen God answer so many prayers in our family. And, you know, Lance, I, I think sometimes people look at us and wonder, you know, if, if maybe we don't wrestle with a lot of the same issues that everybody else does. But the fact of the matter is, when it comes to leading our families, we wrestle with a lot of the same things, a lot of the same challenges. And and I can just honestly say that, you know, as a family, we've gone through some times of, of testing and challenge. And it seems like this year has been a really healing year for us in some circumstances that we have prayed about. And uh, it's just been a year of great blessing. And I just, I give God a lot of praise and thanksgiving for what he's done for us as a family. As a church, 2009 has been a wonderful year. I mean, we grew by 39% in attendance as a church. We grew in every way possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they said that this was going to be uh, the worst economy since the Great Depression. But you guys at New Spring, you've just given with such open heart and such mm-hmm. faith that actually 2009 was the greatest financial year in the history of New Spring. Wow. But who can get away from the fact that just so many people came to faith in Jesus Christ? To me, that's the crowning element of '09. We saw more people accept Christ in Judgment House than we've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. 300 people baptized in one service at the Hartman Arena. Awesome. I'll never get that service out of my head. Yeah. That was just phenomenal. So I, that doesn't even begin to talk about all the life change and, and all the wonderful things that have happened. But, you know, 2009 has just been a marvelous year. It's been a time of personal development for me, too. You know, God has grown our church um, <laughs> in the last five years in marvelous ways. We've grown uh, almost exponentially in number. Uh, you know, we just added a brand new building. But I think the thing that I'm most excited about is, is my walk with the Lord just continues to develop me, and my faith grows as God does great things at New Spring. So, yeah, it's been a great year in every way. You know, talking about your, your personal walk with the Lord, one of the things that I love uh, about uh, how you express stuff is, is when you come to my office, or, you know, we just talk and you say, hey, you know, I've been reading the book of Philippians, or I've been reading the book of James, and, and God showed me this, this, and this, and this, you know, that— that's really, really awesome because, you know, I think sometimes people might look at you and say, 
you know, he's a preacher, so, you know, he's got everything all together. There's no, there's no reason that, you know, he's already got all the answers. Why does right. he need to keep studying for the test, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, just to see that, that it's real for you and it's just that daily thing, uh, that's huge. Well, the greatest challenge I have is, uh, is staying close to God. And, and that may sound strange to hear a minister say that, but um, our spiritual walk is something that takes a, a daily uh, focus. And, and you know, Lance, you know what my world is like. I, I always joke and say my job is like one day of the week I'm starting quarterback, the other six days of the week I'm head coach because I have to lead a pretty good-sized organization here at the church. And, and if I'm not careful, I can get caught up in all the details and logistics mm-hmm. of leading this ministry, and I can, I can lose sight of who it's all about. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I love so much about getting back in the Word of God is it, like, resets me, and it helps me remember what it's all about. And, you know, we're doing a, uh, the very first weekend of, of the year, January. We're doing a standalone talk called Start. Mm-hmm. And I know you and I are both working on some really cool things to help everyone at New Spring you know, make a new start, not only for the year, but to start our day uh, with prayer, with thanksgiving, and with some time in Scripture, some cool things coming up on that. But I know for me, it's just critical that I, I take time to, to read what God has to say in His Word. And being ADD, um, you know, I joke about that. And my doctor says that's really a personality type. It's not a disorder. Uh, but, you know, my mind flits and goes here and there. So one thing I try to do is I try to keep a Bible everywhere where I go. I mean, I have, I have them in my office. I have them in my car. I have them in every room of my house. So that if I've got a moment that my mind's not engaged, that I just pick up the Bible. Now, I have a time where I, you know, I set that I'm going to be in the Bible, but I just try to keep a Bible everywhere that I am so that at any moment, if, if I'm just thinking, what do I do with this moment, I just pick up my Bible, and, and, and generally there's a place where I'm reading. But the, the cool thing for me in God's Word is um, every time I open the Bible, I can read something I've read, you know, a hundred times. And it's like God just shows me something cool, something new. You know, I... I in, in years past, I, I used to teach English. This was a long time ago, <laughs> almost in a previous life, you know. And, and I have favorite authors that I like, you know, and especially short stories. Um, favorite writers, I love O. Henry. I love Somerset Mom. Um, I love James Thurber and his, his humor and that kind of stuff. But I, I've read a lot of those works several times. And, you know, you read them two or three times, and you pretty much get everything out of it that's there. Yeah. But the great thing about the Bible is no matter how many times I've read a text— and you know I personally love Philippians. Philippians yep. is my favorite book. And there's only four chapters. And the Lord only knows how many times I've read that, that book. I can reread it, and it's like something new comes to me. And something that's personal that God is showing me that I need in my own spiritual development. You've said something before, um, just as I, I've heard you talk about your reading, that I, that I think is interesting. And I, maybe you can kind of elaborate on it. But you say sometimes you, know, you start asking questions about about what you're reading. Yeah. I've never been really good at that, but maybe kind of explain what do you what do you mean by asking questions about what you're reading and, and how does that how does that work? Well, I think it 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 probably goes back to growing up in church and mm-hmm. and having the Bible read to me and having things spoken to me and I would listen and I would try to make something get something out of it, but I wouldn't be able to really understand it. So I think for me, I really struggle to know what's God trying to say to me. Not just understanding the grammar or the syntax of the text, but to say, what is it that God's trying to get across to me? And, 
And, and the thing I love about the Bible is it just makes such good common sense, you know? <laughs> I've never had God tell me anything that didn't make good sense to me except for the fact that God loves me. <laughs> right. Now, I can never figure out why God loves me. Right. But everything that God tells me makes sense. And it, this is one reason, I know I say this too often, but it's one reason why I hate religion is yeah. because, you know, religion has a way of screwing up what God says because God's message is, is so pure and so straight and makes such good sense. And then when, when, when men get a hold of it, a lot of times they put adapter kits on the Bible. The next thing you know, we, we don't really recognize uh, what God's trying to say. But whenever I, I, I look at the text, I'm saying, okay, what's God trying to get across to me? What is it I'm missing? What is it in my human nature that I tend not to get that God wants me to get? Another thing that I love about the Bible, and, and um, you know, Billy Poor, our executive pastor, he always says that I'm at my strongest when I'm telling a story, mm-hmm. especially a Bible story, because yep. uh, I love stories. The thing I love about studying the people in the Bible is I find out they're just like me. They're just like the people I know. I think if you took the people in the Bible down to the mall and you bought them modern clothing, they'd be just like us. Yeah. You know, I read about Peter or Elijah, and I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm right there with those guys. You know, they're mercurial. They're up. They're down. I think they're both ADD. They were poster yeah. children for, for <laughs> obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, but when I read their stories... I'm thinking, yeah, they're like us. And so what were they learning? What was God showing them? What's happening in their lives that I need to understand? That's cool. Um, you've got, uh, we got a series coming up in January following the weekend of start. And um, we're calling it Capitalize. Yep. Tell, us, tell me a little bit about your thought, why you chose the name Capitalize. And what, what in general, what's the series about? What's God working in your heart about? Well, you know, Lance, uh, January, of course, is a time of new beginnings. And, yeah. and, you know, I just think God gives us this every, every year, an opportunity for us to not only focus on the beginning of a new year, but to focus on where we are in our lives. And, you know, all of us, I guess, at January, we sort of take stock and we look back and say, what hasn't worked well for me? What needs to change in my life? And how can I begin again? The reason why this series capitalized so important to me is I think a lot of us fail at new beginnings because we think, I just don't have what it takes. You know, if I had more money, I could make a new start. If I had more talent, I could, I could do better. If I had better opportunities, then I could make a new start. Well, capitalizing is all about leveraging what you have right now. And, and when I look in the Bible, it's so interesting that we're asking this question, you know, tagging up with the question we just asked, you know, about people in the Bible. When I look at people in Scripture who were really successful, it was not necessarily people who had the biggest you know, opportunity or the most money. Oftentimes, it was just ordinary people that maybe were having a hard time making it, but they, they, they leveraged what they had. They used, I mean, it's just like the kid with five loaves and two fish. Yep. You know, he was willing to take what he had, the resources he had, put them in God's hands, and then God did extraordinary things with it. So capitalizing is all about starting over with what you have, the money that you have, the talent that you have, the time that you have, the opportunities you have. It's not saying, if I had this and I'd do great things. It's starting over with what you have, taking stock of what you have, and knowing how to begin a whole new life. I, I cannot wait to get started. It's the biggest series I've ever done. Absolutely. <laughs> In fact, Sarah's working on a video right now that's going to be the end of the year review. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll give everybody a little sneak, sneak peek, but... <laughs> We actually found clips of you saying this is going to be the greatest series for every series, and we're going to play that in between each series that we show in your review. You're going to have to let me leave the room before I watch that. When we were coming up with the ideas, you know, Sarah and I were joking about it. She's like, well, I was thinking I was going to have to 
worked pretty hard to find that. She said, I found them all real easy. <laughs> it's kind of, well, it's kind of funny. you know me. I mean, I, in my mind and heart, it really is true. No, I mean, true. I, I just. Well, I've told you, if you ever get up and say, well, this next one is pretty <laughs> mediocre compared to what we've done, I'm out of here. I'm, well, sometimes that's my reflection gone. when they're over. <laughs> right. Sometimes I think they were mediocre. But. Right. Well, while we're talking about series, and that's putting you on the spot a little bit, but looking back over this last year, mm-hmm. what would you say ha- has stood out to you as like, your favorite series from 2009 <laughs> looking back looking back my favorite series <laughs> yeah um well i mean i'm gonna s- say this from a personal standpoint so I-, I guess i'm thinking about the way it impacted me but uh i think thrive was yeah. the most uh enjoyable series for me because i love the character of joseph and i got to go back and revisit that and so yeah on a personal note um Thrive was probably my favorite series. Probably the most surprising was freaking messed up. I, I, to me, I was worried that it was going to be a negative series, and it turned out to be probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, series of the year. Yeah, I still have my Facebook profile picture. It has a big freaking messed up across my face that I did for that series. It's been like two months since I've gone in there to fix it up. That was, that was by far the most surprising series. But as far as just personally gratifying and personally enjoyable for me, and maybe as far as just developing spiritually myself, um, the Thrive series was just really, really a meaningful time for me. What do you think uh, that bringing this new building online is going to do for us this year in 2010? It's going to change the way we are able to have ministry uh, because our our kids' space has been cramped. And because it's been cramped, we haven't been able to to maybe grow. I don't mean numerically. I mean, we haven't right. been able to grow in uh, in communication and in uh, in learning, and so I think what's really exciting about this new building is we're going to be able to spread out and you know our ki- <laughs> one of the most important audiences on the campus, which is the preschool age group, because you know you you think about all the things these kids are going to be challenged by in the world that we live in, and if early in life, when the very bedrock of who they are is learned and determined, if during that during that time of life, they can engage God, and God can engage their hearts with the most important transformative message in the world. That's just huge. And, and, and I've said this on, you know, on several occasions on stage, but I always tell Mary Alice, if only I could have grown up in this church, yeah. you know, <laughs> because you know what I'm like, and, and you're that way too. I mean, we're both very, very much in motion. You know, if, if somebody makes us sit still, we've quit learning. Yeah. And when I look back at the environments that we're developing for kids, you know, they're going to be engaged and active and learning at a level that just blows my mind. So, yeah, I'm always telling Morales, I wish I could have grown up in this church. I've said the same thing, or I'll, you know, remind my kids. On occasion, my my kids will go to a VBS or something, you know, at another church, you know, where they put on, pull out all the stops for that week, you know, and do the fun things and you know, Michael go, wow, that, that's really awesome. And I say, hey, son, do you realize that most churches, that just happens for one week a year? Yeah. And in our church, it happens every weekend where, <laughs> where, you know, the team's working so hard to make sure you're having a great time and, and, and learning more about God. So, it's, Well, let me it's just, awesome. let me turn, turn the tables on you and okay. ask you, I mean, as you look back on 2009, what stands out to you? Well, um, partly because I have a really short memory. Um <laughs> Uh, freaking messed up was a huge one for me as well. Um, because honestly, you know, I grew up in church. It's, our backgrounds are similar. And, you know, you grow up in church and you kind of get used to that, that facade of people, everybody pretending like everything's okay. And, yeah. 
And you know it's not because you're, you know, in my case, my dad's the pastor, and so I kind of have a little idea that there's something going on with that family, but everything looks okay, you know, and we kind of mm-hmm. have that, that veneer over everything. And just the, the refreshing thing about New Spring, uh, what I'm seeing is that people are just real, you know, and people are like, yeah, that's me. I don't have to put on the, I don't have to put on the front, you know, and yeah, stuff's not, this part isn't working right in my life, but I understand it now and I see, you know, how it works. So that, that was huge for me. Um, for this last year, one of my highlights, partly because we're the worship team, but would be the worship concert, just oh, yeah. being able to uh, finally put together enough songs so we can make a CD and, you know, not looking for a record contract, but it's nice to be able when somebody says, you guys have some music, we can hand them a CD. And um, that that was a really huge thing for us. Um, I, actually, and I, this is kind of a, a sensitive topic, but I love the series that we just finished, Beginnings, um, because the... Um, the topic is really dear to my heart, the concept of God having ownership of everything, you know? Because if God didn't create it, he doesn't own it. I mean, obviously the question is whether he even exists. But, um, you know, to me, this is bedrock for what we believe. And, um, you know, like those that came to Christmas Eve, you'll be watching this after Christmas Eve, but, you know, we talked about that in the, the video, that if we're just here by chance, if if we're just here because of accident, then... This whole Christmas thing is pretty silly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a celebration of nothing, you know, like that like that lady from the uh, Institute for the Freedom from Religion said, you know, it's just uh, it's just a waste of time. And uh, so to me, Beginnings has been huge. You know, and it's, it hasn't been your typical delivery because of the detail involved and that sort of thing, but I think it's stuff that we've needed to hear. And, and well, I, I know you it. helped me get ready for the series, and you actually did more research, I think, than I did. And uh, I, I was, love it. I know you love that kind of thing. You know, anything stand out to you from, from looking back to the research that you conducted? You know, for me, and I, I talked to you about this some before, but the the part that, that blew me away as I was doing research is that it's hard to do research because everything points this direction. It's not like you have to go mining for something and, like, try to find something that points toward design. Mm-hmm. It's just every, you know, everywhere you look. And something else that was kind of humorous to me as I was doing the research is, is how big we think we are as people. <laughs> and, you know, no, no offense to scientists or anything like that. And they're extremely smart people and they've studied a lot and they, you know, they've poured their life into, into some small area. But it, I, I realized as I'm reading scientific articles how little we really understand about anything, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, and yeah, I, I, in fact, just a couple of days ago, I saw an article and it was about this watery planet that was discovered. You know, well, one of the things that people say that, that life just happened here is that if life just happened here, we should be able to find other places where life can occur, you know? And it just so happened we developed a little further than everybody else, which is silly, but... Um, and so they discovered this planet that's watery, and that's what the headline is, watery planet, you know, and that's, that's a real key for life to be there, is, right. as we know it, for water to be there. So you read the whole article, and you get down, you get down to the very last line, and the scientist who did all this research, his, his concluding statement is, there's a possibility that this planet had water. <laughs> it just made me laugh. Nobody's swimming over there. It's just <laughs> it just made me laugh because the whole article is about this watery planet. And they use that phrase I don't know like ten times, and you get down to the last line, and the guy goes, "Well, there's a real possibility that there was water here." Oh, yeah. Okay, and it's forty light years away, and how are they ever going to know? You know, and so it's just to me stuff like that. 
you know, when you read in the popular media and the popular, you know, even popular science magazines and that sort of thing, it comes across like we have this figured out and we've got it all nailed down. Just trust us. <laughs> right. And when you really read it, you're like, wow, we, we have so much to learn. And, and, and we've been barking down the wrong trails for so long that I almost feel like we've, we've lost a hundred years of potential of discovering some things. If we would just follow the evidence, right. Right. follow the logic trail, and then start investigating that, how much further would we be down the road at understanding how some of our universe actually works, you know, instead of trying to make everything shoehorn it into a certain model? Well, I go back to something you said a few moments ago that really stands out to me is that, and, and I think you nailed it, because you said we get so full of ourselves, you know, and, and we feel so big because basically all we do is just discover a little corner of what God clearly created. Now, we can't create it. We just barely understand a little bit well, of and, it. And, and when we discover it, we don't give God the credit. No, like Romans exactly. <laughs> but it's the kind of that same thing, yeah. You know, Mary Alice and I were talking about this, and she said it's like, you know, discovering oil on somebody else's land and claiming it, you know. No. And, and that's what happens with, with so-called science. I mean, obviously, I'm biggest fan of true science, but, you know, it's a, it's a shame that we don't give God the glory and the credit for what he deserves. Yeah. Well, when you think about 2010, Lance, um, as worship pastor here, and then, you know, you do so many things for me beyond that here at New Spring to help us with, uh, with our vision. What are you looking forward to? Honestly, you know, 2009, I feel like, um, I feel like God did some awesome things, but I, I'm, I just am pretty convinced that God's not done the greatest thing he's going to do here at New Spring yet, you know? And so honestly, I'm scared to death because I don't really know what he's got in store. I just know it's going to be pretty amazing. Um, you know, as a worship pastor, one of the things that I have loved watching, even over this past year, is begin to watch those who come to New Spring, even those who I don't necessarily know if they know Christ yet, engaging in this, in worship. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've been to churches, and this is no criticism of any other church, but I've been to churches who maybe even do some of the same music that we do that sort of thing, but I get the sense like people are just kind of watching and not yes. really engaged. Well, you and I have had that same yeah. comment before. and it's, it's been awesome to watch. You know, maybe it's just because the people up here are engaged, and those are the people I can see, but I, I just get the sense that people are really starting to, to, to give themselves in worship, you know? Do you know why I think that's so big, Lance? What, what, what New Spring is all about is a message. The Bible calls it the gospel. Yeah. And, and I communicate that message when I'm on stage. But I talk to you about this all the time. Our worship music, our worship ministry, if you just look at the lyrics of the songs that we do, they communicate the message. And I think that's one reason why people engage in the experience, even though they may not be fully resolved in the area of their faith. It's because our music, well, the, the lyrics of the songs communicate the message of the gospel hmm. and, and the message of who God is. I, I try not to huge. treat that lightly either, the whole lyric thing, you know, because, and I've got, I've got good friends and we've had this discussion before, you know, some people say I love the hymns because they have the, the meaning and the depth. And, and there are, that's true, there are some hymns that have great depth. But just because something's old doesn't mean it has great depth. And just because something's new doesn't mean it's shallow. Mm -hmm. It's an incredible how how wide of an array of styles there are that communicate both great truth and then there's some that are just really, really sappy. And so yeah. trying to avoid the stuff that's sappy and bring the stuff in, you know, like um, for Christmas Eve, we're singing Stronger. Or we sang Stronger for those who are watching this now. But, um, 
you know, I love the lyrics. I love that the third verse, it says, no beginning and no end. You're mm-hmm. my hope and my defense. You know, it, I mean, that's, the, that's, that's a pretty powerful lyric to say he's eternal and, well, he, and he's our defense. I'm watching while I'm worshiping, which one of the great treats that I get being senior pastor here is I get to be part of three worship services <laughs> every weekend. And I'm worshiping and I'm looking at the lyric and I'm thinking, that's from Romans chapter 4. That's from, you know, from 1 Timothy chapter 1. You know, that's from 1 John chapter 3. It just over and over, I look at the lyrics of our songs and I know they come from Scripture. And I think that's one reason why God is blessing our worship ministry the way it is. And, and I just appreciate you so much and, and your heart and your passion for leading us in that area. It's, it's, it's been awesome to watch God work. You know, it, I mean, you know my background, and I'm sure most people here, if, if they've come to Discovery, I usually end up telling the story. But, you know, this is the way that we do worship here, the way that stylistically we do is not what I grew up with. And right. it's really so far outside what I'm familiar with that, you know, even like to come up with cover tunes and stuff that we do. It's so funny the extent I have to go to find a song because I don't just off the top of my head know a secular <laughs> song that could go with such, you know, certain I've had songs. to tell you about a lot. You've of had to tell me some or you guys and staff me to go tell me or I'll <laughs> tell the band and, you know, they go, oh, this song and this song or, or like we did for love songs, you know, right. Facebook page. And I love doing that kind of interaction. But all that to say that I honestly, I just feel like a third party observing what God's doing yeah. here. Yeah. You know, well, I feel the, that way too yeah, about myself. It's just amazing. It really is. Well, it's so interesting that you said you thought God hadn't done the biggest thing he was going to do because <laughs> I woke up in the night hmm. last night and uh, I've just heard a lot of stories this week that have blown my mind about how God is changing lives through New Spring. And I'm as amazed as anybody else. And sometimes when God works through me and people give me feedback, I'm just completely blown blown away by what God is doing. And so I woke up in the night and I just had the same thought because I, 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 was, I found myself praying, God, I believe you're calling me to something very special. I don't even understand it. Just lead me. Just show me. Because I feel like a child sometimes where God clearly has the whole plan. He knows exactly what he's doing. But, you know, I, I feel like a child. You know, when Solomon knew that God was calling him to something great. He said, I don't know how to go in a room and how to come out of a room. So I'm almost like, I, I don't even understand just basic stuff. And, yeah. and uh, so I've had a sense that, you know, God really is about to do something very dramatic, very special. And the important thing is for us, not just you and me, but for us as an entire church family to be sensitive and ready to take those steps. Yeah, it's good. Well, uh, as we wrap it up here, um, people are going to be watching this at home and uh, I'm guessing hopefully with their families, that sort of thing. Um, any thoughts of how people can spend a little bit of this holiday time and make it count with their families? Well, I think one thing that families can do is just what you and I are doing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't prep for this. We just, some things that are really important Maybe in obvious. our hearts. <laughs> You're right. But I think it'd be great for families to do exactly what we're doing right now. It's just to sit down together and talk about what, is, what has God done for us as a family in 2009? Mm-hmm. And, and what, are our, what are our goals and our prayers for 2010? What do we want to see God do in our lives? So I think that'd be a, a helpful thing. And, and as we close out, um, I have a personal favor I want to ask. Okay. Um, you and I were were um, leading a funeral this week, and uh, I was speaking, and, and you were singing, and you came in the room where I was prepping, and, and you were just warming up, and you brought your guitar, and and you were uh, you were you were getting ready to sing what is probably one of my not, you know I have about favorites, but I, I honestly believe I can say this is my favorite song that we do at New Spring. And it was just you and the guitar. And um, 
it, it just really prepared my heart for speaking that day. And it, I just thought, well, this would be a great way for us to, to end this talk. And so I'm wondering if I could talk you into just playing like, yeah. like you play from, you know. Well, like I, like I told uh, Sarah and Luis earlier, I said, well, you're the boss, so whatever you say goes. So uh, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have to go that, get my guitar, and we'll, we'll film it here at the end. I, but, I wish um, you would do that. Because to yeah. me, you know, when I heard you singing that and I heard those lyrics, to me, I just love the, that song because it, it says what I've always wanted to say, what I would love to say. It's like the, the writer of those lyrics got into my head and heart, and he said what I would like to mm-hmm. say. And so as I think about the end of 2009, the beginning of this new year, this is my this is my desire, and I think it's probably I know how you feel. You like the song too. Oh yeah. Well, you, I mean, you remember the story about me sending it to my dad, right? Oh, and, that's right. Yeah, I actually sang it at Dad's funeral that's too, right. and um, that was the coolest thing because, but it was uh, when Dad was first diagnosed with cancer that I, I came across that song, <laughs> right? And I sent him the lyrics because I was like, Dad's not going to like this because it kind of rocks out a little yeah. too much. And so I sent down the lyrics, and he was bugging me to send him the tune. And I just kept putting him off. I'm like, yeah, Dad, you don't want the tune. Just, just enjoy the <laughs> lyrics. And it was a couple of weeks later, and he calls me up and says, hey, uh, since you wouldn't send me the tune, I wrote my own <laughs> tune to it. And I sang that at church this weekend. And I said, yeah, that's, that's just like my dad. But, yeah, I sang it at the funeral, and I just that's had right. to make the comment that I get to sing my tune since it's his funeral. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it just makes such a, an awesome statement of what life what our lives should be lived for. And uh, it's just that one line you said you really liked yesterday that made my life be one enduring echo. Yeah, well, don't you that's, love that that's lyric? huge. Because if you think about an echo, you know, and an enduring echo, something that just keeps reverberating, uh, you know, and, and the, the writer of that lyric said, you know, I want that to be my legacy, you know, great is the Lord. Yeah. And, and I can just say, for me, that guy really says it for me, or whoever wrote that lyric uh, because whatever is good in my life, it is God through me. I am amazed that God would even love me in the first place, that he would use me in what he's doing in the world. Is It blows my mind. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, one enduring echo. If, if there's one line that tells my story, it's that God is great. So, you know, for the last, I just can't think of anything more fitting for the last presentation of New Spring Church for 2009 then is if you would sing that song. I'll do it. You want to close us in a word of prayer, and I'll go grab my guitar, and we'll do it in a minute. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what we've experienced this year as a church and as individuals and families. You have been good to us. And I pray that you would bless every person watching today, every person who's part of New Spring. Would you add your blessings in even a more special way than we've ever experienced before to each person and to every family. I ask that you would bless us with health and strength and finances, but most of all, Lord, would you just bless us with a leadership from from heaven to know that we are following your perfect plan for our lives. And God, for those who are watching today who are going through a time of pain or suffering or fear, anxiety, would you just be very close to them? And as Lance closes out, would you just receive our thanksgiving and our love as we tell you once again that you are great and there is no one like you, and we're so thankful that you love us. In the name of the one who died to give us everlasting life and rose from the grave to be our everlasting king, in the name of Jesus, amen.
Stop! 